This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Anna Lee of 2049 Entertainment. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website at adultsitebroker.com. We've added some enhancements to the site, such as FAQs and a complete new platform. The look and feel of the new site are nice and up to date. The new site also has links to our marketplace and affiliate program. Plus, don't forget ASB Marketplace, the first platform where you can buy and sell adult sites and domains for free. ASB Marketplace allows buyers and sellers the chance to come together on properties that are valued below our company's minimum of $50,000. Don't pay for other marketplaces when ASB Marketplace gives you the service for free. Visit ASBMarketplace.com and sign up as a seller or a buyer today. And of course, there's ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for unadult website brokerage where you can earn as much as 20% of our broker commission referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a tube site that has full-length BDSM videos for free. The site is built on WordPress and is three years old. They're currently the only free tube providing premium BDSM videos. They regularly add user requests and user-provided content after moderation. The user started the site out of frustration because there was nothing else out there like it and he wanted to visit such a site. It soon became popular on Reddit and business soared. The owner has decided to move on to other ventures outside the adult industry. The site's visitors come back again and again due to its uniqueness. They have over 13,000 premium videos, and most of them are 30 minutes or longer. With more videos and categories, the site can do even better. Most of the traffic is from Tier 1 countries. There is no advertising for the site. All of the traffic is either type-in or from SEO. This is a great opportunity for someone with existing traffic. Only $359,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Anna Lee of 2049 Entertainment. Anna, thanks for being back with us again today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Pleasure's always mine. Anna has, <laughs> Anna's, no you, no you. Uh, Anna's, <laughs> Anna's been in the adult industry for over 20 years. That's, that's hard oh. to believe, actually. In the early 2000s, she had a web-based cam and phone sex service. Many of you know her as the former president of Otherverse. In 2015, she started Hollow Film Productions, which is the parent company of HollowGirlsVR.com. There, Anna was and is its president and executive producer. In 2019, she launched 2049 Entertainment, Inc., a virtual reality production company that creates cutting-edge, immersive, inclusive, engaging content in live-action film, audio, and digital animation formats that is both innovative and entertaining while incorporating the latest in film and sex technology applications. 
Besides working on more of their own projects, 2049 is one of the top adult VR production studios, and they're currently in full-time production for various studios. 2049 Entertainment and Holofilm Productions have won numerous awards already in their short lifespan, and has also recently become very much involved in NFTs and cryptocurrencies, which I'm anxious to hear about. <laughs> so... Anna, last time we spoke, your company your company was rather new. Now you've got yeah. another year under your belt. How are things going? Well, it's been a very interesting time. Um, you know, uh, the pandemic continues to. I heard about over. that. Yeah, it keeps it keeps it's, it's not stopping yet. It hasn't no. fully stopped yet. Yeah. Um, so it's been a very interesting time, and the you know twenty forty nine has made the best of it. We've we've done a tremendous amount of work with a numerous amount of studios um, and I'm very grateful, full of gratitude uh, to be able to work with almost everybody. And it's been a mm. wonderful experience. It's been really great as well for, for the industry up in Canada where I am. And especially for the talent that's up here to give them a taste of, of being able to be a part of something that they may not have traditionally been able to be in a, to have been a part of unless sure. they were in the US. Yeah. Um, so we took advantage of that. We've done really well, but we've kind of come to uh, a space of where we're shifting gears a little bit. Number one, unfortunately, we still are very short on talent here. There's not enough mm. um, to keep sort of the, the train going, so to speak. Studios, while they are amazing and they treat that, the ones that I've worked with have been amazing and treated us wonderfully and, and have uh, booked the women and men that are up here numerous times, um, they still are always looking for fresh faces. And so that has been a bit of a challenge, but more so as well, um, vaccine mandate have come in. Sure. And uh, especially where I live. And um, I have decided personally to adopt the same policies as the mainstream film industry. We're doing the same thing. And if, if not more so, you know, it's, it's a lot more close contact. <laughs> than yeah. you would in a regular movie, right? So uh, um, yeah, yeah. So I've adopted the same policies uh, for production uh, as the mainstream film industry, which is uh, fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, that's caused a significant drop off in a lot of talent. Mm. Um, and so we've really shifted focus, but at the same time, it was kind of going in this direction of heading back to my roots, which is more of the tech side, uh, the crypto side, the NFT side. Um, and so that's what I've been focusing a lot in the last few months, mm -hmm. um, as well as doing some non-adult stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, but um, I've been working with that and also been working uh, with two lovely performers as well uh, to really bring up their websites as well. Uh, one, Miss Samantha Mack. And the other is uh, Miss Kelly Shibari, mm. uh, a.k.a. Kelly Nakatomi. How uh, is so, Kelly? I haven't talked to her forever. She, right. She is amazing. She mm. is uh, coming back. Yeah. She took a little bit of a break and has decided to sort of enter back into the space. Mm. Uh, a lot of our focus, though, and a lot of my focus that I've been sort of looking at is this merging of, of or this crossing over, if you will, from adult to non-adult. Um, from adult to the mainstream industry, the lines are blurring, and with uh, you know, you know, OnlyFans being much more heavily accepted by everybody, 
Yep. It's not such a thing anymore, if I can put it that way. It's not such a, uh, there's not such a, such a stigma attached anymore yeah. uh, to having had a past in adult or having worked in adult. Yeah. And, um, you know, you said yourself, I've been in this industry for a minute. So we're getting a little bit older. We're getting older. We and are. Um, We are. And, uh, you know, you can only see so many boobs in your lifetime. <laughs> Now wait a minute. I I'm still not I'm still not tired of seeing boobs. Uh, I, I never said I was tired. Oh okay down. okay. I was wondering about that, Anna. I didn't think I'd ever hear that from you either. Uh, we didn't say we're tired. We're just slowing down a little bit. You know, yes, it's a little, it's a little harder to get out of bed in the morning. Um, you know, so we're just we're we're really exploring. And what I've been doing, especially with twenty forty nine, is exploring how can we translate or or bring ourselves over to sort of a bigger audience with a background in adults um and providing you know the same sort of amazing content high-tech content innovative content that we've been doing but you know with a little bit more covered up so uh Hmm. that's something that we've really been kind of like uh kind of like a pg (laughs) type of thing um i would say i would say a a hard r but uh not quite not quite pg not quite PG, but uh, you never know. I mean, give me another ten years, right? Yeah. Over there. <laughs> exactly. Well, you make okay. sure and send my love to Kelly. She is. I a, will. She is a doll, and tell her I miss the hugs. So, I will. Please. I will. So uh, you talked about the whole fact that you're requiring vaccinations, which I I right. think is fantastic. How is that? Besides. Um, you know, having a, a smaller universe of models, how's that impacted your business? It's uh, it's shut down production locally. Mm. Wow. Completely. Uh, we have not been able to find any models who are fully vaccinated, unfortunately. You're kidding. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm the biggest advocate of, you know, your body, your choice, you yeah. know, whatever you decide to choose. Um, but I've, I, I made that personal decision based on a few things. I mean, like, you know, we're kind of joking around about me being older, but you know, let's face it, I am right. So, um, there's that. And, um, also too, I have a very amazing community that I live in. I have the most wonderful neighbors who I'm fully transparent with mm-hmm. and who are very aware of what I do. And I've been very supportive of it. Sure. And every single one of them is vaccinated. Yeah. And, you know, on top of abiding by the film you know, the rulings of the film industry and in, in general as a whole. And I, when I say film industry, I mean, beyond adult, I mean, right. the wider film industry in itself. Um, you know, I decided that that was the best choice for myself and the people that are supportive of my business and that are in immediate contact with me on a daily basis. On top of which, I do have a uh, very close uh, family and friends who are in the non-adult industry. And if I want to spend time with them um, or work on those sets, which I have been doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot do so. I cannot go to set. I cannot even spend time with a few of them unless I am vaccinated. Uh, they're under contract sure. in order to, uh, you know, they have to be. So um, I made the decision very easy for me. Unfortunately, it meant that I had to stop production, perhaps mm-hmm. temporarily, perhaps for a longer term up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, however, been traveling. And I have gone back to the U.S. I have gone back to Los Angeles. Yeah. I have been there uh, once so far um, since this whole thing started, and that was last month. Um, and I will be going down again very shortly as well, uh, yeah. provided everything remains, you know, 
okay yeah <laughs> uh, enough um and uh yeah and so you know i will be resuming some shooting there with Good. specific people um but i'm i'm upholding you know i'm upholding the you know, the 2049 stance on uh, requiring vaccinations. Good. My entire crew as well, without even being asked, uh, yeah. is vaccinated too. So it's it's a matter of, I feel like, just, you know, listening and seeing who's around me and who's supporting me and, and, and going with that. And, um, you know, I wish everybody the best. I hope it all works out for them. But um, it's a very yeah. interesting time. Very polarizing. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, don't even get me started about people who refuse to get vaccinated. I, I agree with your body, your choice, but right. yeah, don't get me started. Sorry. Um, now, how does commuting between LA and Vancouver impact your life? How does it impact my life? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, other than I got to get a babysitter for the pups, uh, mm-hmm. I got two dogs. Um, not really. I have a huge community in Los Angeles. I've been very fortunate, lots of friends uh, and some family now that are there and residing there. And it's literally, a, I think it's a two hour flight, uh, from up to down. So, right. um, it's, 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 it's not really going to impact my life other than I got to admit, it was very nice for the, the time that I did get to shoot in my house. <laughs> and I didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. You I talked about love- that last time. Oh. It sounded really good. Oh, it was a treat. It was a treat to be able to, you know, slowly set up and then slowly tear down and have everything. And if you were missing something, you knew exactly where it was, you can go get it. So it made things a lot easier. Um, But, you know, here we are and and we're always about innovating. We're always about moving forward. And I do welcome the opportunity to go back down and to work with some different people and to work with, you know, talent that's that's been around for a minute and, and are very high caliber and, you know, and collaborate with uh, old faces, familiar faces, and, um, you know, create some really cool stuff that um, I was limited here. You know, there was only so much to go around. So, um, but we we had a great run and uh, the run may not be over. You never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So maybe somebody listening to this will be like, oh, I'd love to work with Anna. And so, you know, yeah. next week it'll be a moot point and I'll be back shooting here. So, <laughs> but, sure. well, um, with the millions of people who listen to this podcast, I mean, it's it's likely. <laughs> You never know. You never know. You never know who may be listening. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I have, I have found that out. I have people mention it, mention the podcast to me, and uh, I'm always flattered. Um, now, um, I understand, uh, and you, you alluded to it, you've entered into a new partnership with Mac Movies and Samantha Mac. Why don't Correct. you tell us a little bit about that? Well, Samantha Mac has been a longtime collaborator and dear friend. I've known her for, you know, quite a while. And uh, she's originally from Vancouver and has been in the U.S., in Los Angeles for the last year. Um, But one of the things, you know, um, that make my skill set very unique is I started off, well, let's say in sort of the first the first act of my career, first to second act of my career. You can tell I work in film. Uh, The first to second act of my career. Um, I was very fortunate to be able to work from a perspective of not only having the knowledge of being able to produce um, and so on and so forth, but also webmaster knowledge, which is invaluable, mm-hmm. running a website, running a membership site. So yep. I do have to thank Otherverse for that, uh, for giving me that knowledge, Red Light Center, uh, for giving me 13 years, I think, I did with them, um, learning how to read statistics, you know, mm-hmm. sell ads, buy ads, uh, 
run a member site, uh, deal with members. Um, So I'm in a very fortunate position of where I can do both. Um, Oftentimes you'll run into people who are just on the production side or just on the website. Um, So thankfully I've been able to do both and merge the two. And after a couple talks with Sam, um, we decided, you know, especially as things were slowing down for me over here, on the production side, I said, let me get a crack at your site, see if we can do something with it. Hmm. Um, I said, give me three months. And uh, three months has turned into, I don't even know what now. So um, yes, we've entered a, a long-term partnership. I mean, she's always been a great partner collaborator from the beginning. So, hmm. um, but I am actively supporting her um, with Mac movies. Hmm. We're doing some amazing things with the site. Hmm. Uh, we're releasing three gorgeous scenes a week. Mm. Uh, so that's, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot, uh, mm. three scenes a week. There's, a um, yeah, we are featuring a new model every month. And these are models who are, who have been supportive with us or supportive of us in the beginning, as well as girls from Canada too. Uh, that's been very important to us to, mm-hmm. to really showcase that we've got some amazing talent up here. Um, and yeah, we've, you know, we've been pushing forward and I'm anxious to see how it goes come awards time. Uh, cause Sam has really put in uh, the hard yards. I don't know. I think that's an Australian saying. I don't know why I say that. But she's really put in the work. Mm-hmm. And um, and it shows both physically and behind in her business. Um, and we've got some big plans as well for merchandise, the TV show. Um, you know, and like I said, I've been very, very fortunate in my career to have had experience in working in all these areas. Um, And so it's been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience and a great honor to be able to work with somebody who trusts me enough to say, Hey, let's go and do this. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's go and do this. And you know, some of the stuff, you know, we're, we're, we're figuring it out as we go, especially as we move into the non-adult territory. Hmm. And we climb out of our safety net, which has been very interesting, but to, to work with somebody who I've known for so long and we have that trust there uh, is really great because it motivates both of us to mm-hmm. take some risks right? Um, that we probably wouldn't have done with anybody else or had she, had she hired somebody else to mm-hmm. help her, you know, to manage her might not have agreed to that because they're, they'd be too afraid to do the crossover. So yeah. Um, yeah so with uh, her and I have a lot of plans and uh, you know, and, we're starting to see them come together, and uh, and some of them, like I said, include include venturing out of the adult space and into ah. the non-adult, potentially network TV mm. area. Awesome! Yeah, that's great. You'll that's have to cool. uh, you'll have to send me a user pass so I can see some of the work you've done over there. One hundred percent. I got yeah. you. Love it. Love it. So uh, I love to see your work. So um, I I recently interviewed uh, Michael Federosi, the attorney. And when I asked him what he thought the next big thing would be, he said VR. And the technology has been an adult for some years now, and you were among the first to get involved with it. So how is VR doing overall and what do you see as its future? Well, first of all, thanks, Michael, for believing in <laughs> us. He actually, you know, uh, side sidebar here. He's actually always been a believer of VR from the beginning. Hmm. Uh, he was very instrumental in having uh, Holofilm be a part of the AVN Awards oh, okay. um, many, many years ago on streaming in VR. So um, I thank him for that. I thank him for always being a an advocate and a supporter of it. And uh, so that's awesome that he still is uh, totally behind us. 
Um, now to answer your question, uh, the, st the current state of VR, was that the first part of the question? And where do I think it's going? Yeah, what, what's the current state of VR and overall, and what do you see as its future? I think VR had a baby resurgence, uh, especially during COVID. It was a very nice way. I know myself, uh, you know, personal tale here. I know myself getting my Oculus Quest 2 finally, after it came back hmm. in stock, spent a considerable amount of time walking around Thailand and walking around like, you know, in Brazil and mm -hmm. you know, through the headset. Um, yeah. You know, so that was, I literally will lose myself for like, like, and you can't see the time, right? So mm -hmm. I'm like, I put that bad boy on and then all of a sudden it's like after minutes, it's like what's going on here? You know, mm -hmm. here's me party, partying in Thailand in my headset. So Well, you're going to have to do it in person out here with me. <laughs> eventually, eventually it's going to happen. Actually, it's quite on the top of my list. But, yes. um, you know, there, there was a there was a bit of a resurgence there during COVID for, to allow people to you know form of escapism get out there and, sure. and do stuff when they were trapped in their homes, um, and in terms of the uh, content itself, the demand has not slowed down. In fact, I've seen an increase in it. Now, mind you, I am not currently running a VR site, mm -hmm. uh, member site, so I don't have exact figures for you. But in terms of the demand coming from studios for for content, uh, it's increased. It's definitely hmm. increased. So where do I see VR going? And, and it's, it's profitable. It must be. Mm -hmm. However, however, and this is a bit of a caveat, unless you have already figured out the formula for VR or you come in with the right equipment and the right understanding of what the customer is looking for, and that changes a lot. So you have to constantly be up mm -hmm. on that. You have to constantly be researching that. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to break in. It is very hard to break in. It's a little bit of a small club. Mm -hmm. uh, the top, the top studios are the ones that have been there since ground zero, and um, the producers that are working are for them, and the, the content providers that are coming in and providing the content have been around for a very long time, or have the ability to uh, really, really understand what the customer wants, have the proper equipment and or have developed a style, um, which I think is the case of me, mm -hmm. um, that is very unique and that people would like because it translates very well to the medium. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so there's that. But um, where is it going? I don't have a timeline for you because I'm always surprised. Mm -hmm. um, but um, where I hope it's going, and let's, let's say that. Mm -hmm. Where I hope it's going is I hope what we're currently seeing in the current iteration of VR is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. I hope that um, a lot of what we're doing is going to, it's, it's no longer going to be VR in the sense that we think of it. Mm -hmm. I, th I think what people are really looking for when it comes to this type of medium, and I'm going to refer to it as XR, mm -hmm. and this also bleeds over to NFTs and things as well, mm -hmm. um, is enhanced life experiences. Mm -hmm. So whether that be sexual uh, through porn, right. whether that be through being able to walk around Thailand, whether it be through a hologram or a holographic experience or AR or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think people are really looking for enhanced life experiences or the ability to do things in a way that makes them feel like they are actually participating in it yeah. without having to. That's where I see things going. I, I feel like the narrative version of VR that we're currently doing with, you know, the three or four standard scenes, um, <laughs> And, you know, everything is, is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. And I hope I'm still around and kicking <laughs> to see, like, a 
fully functional, autonomous, like, not AI, I don't want to use that word, because it, like, just brings up this connotation of Skynet and all this shit, but, like, (laughs) um, but, like, the ability to be more of an active participant in in your porn that you're watching. So, for example, like, I'm going to go throw a scene on, and I look down, and instead of the stunt dick, Mm -hmm. I hope I can say that. I'm I'm not sure how... yeah you can stay say stunt dick stunt cock fuck shit motherfucker come on man (laughs) (laughs) what do you think i'm gonna have what do you think i'm gonna have a pg podcast we've we've talked before i'm I'm practicing for the mainstream (laughs) um all right so you know i looked down and instead of a stunt cock right because i don't i don't personally associate with that i'd love to be able to see either my body or a body that i would like to see you Mm -hmm. know um, and then have the performer who is in front of the camera who is performing the actions on me to be able to interact with me or to um, to, 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 to interact with me. Sure. So if I say something that they respond accordingly, yeah. um, you know, and I know that's going to take a minute. I know that's going to take a while. Yeah. Um, but that's just the tip of the iceberg of where I think we should yeah. start to be headed, where we should be start to be looking. Right. And a lot of the content that I currently do is setting right. up for the very very base ground floor level of that kind of idea interesting yeah well you know ai is going to be part of it so that's that's just or some yeah something like ai it might be called something else by then i'm just so hesitant to use the term because people automatically like link it to like like all this and robots are going to take over yep. the world and and it's not necessarily the case so right. like when you use that term Immediately, they're like, no, I saw Terminator. I'm good. I don't want that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yes, <laughs> robots, we all fear them. So <laughs> why do you think VR hasn't become more of a mainstream fixture in adult than it has so far? What do you think's really holding it back? I think the headsets are holding it back. And I, I don't mm. know if I said that last year. Um, I still feel the same way. Oh, yeah. It's still, as much as it's cool, like the new Oculus 2, uh, Quest 2, is is a vast improvement over anything else I've ever used in my entire career. Hmm. Um, It's still cumbersome. Hmm. It's still cumbersome. And when it can come down to, oh, God, I can't even believe I'm about to say this. I didn't think I'd ever say something like this. Go for it. When, When it comes down to being able to, like, either drop something against your forehead so that you can see something else or like, you know, wear a pair of glasses that don't feel heavier than my Coke bottles that I have, mm-hmm. um, you know, which are pretty heavy, but like what, or, or contact lenses, yeah. something then, you know, then we're talking, yeah, you know, I agree. Cause, and then also there's the other factor of when you put it on, you're completely lost in a world, which has, which is a cool part, but a lot of people don't want to do, they don't want to get robbed. <laughs> yeah, there, they don't want to be. They don't want to be out of touch with what's going on around them. Yeah, so th- there's that as well. Um, yeah. So I think that headset has been the real limiting factor. But when you are able to enjoy it in a place that you feel safe to be able to let go, yeah. then those who are advocates of it can see the merits of it and can see that this is where things are going and how mm-hmm. amazing this is and and the great benefits and and positive things that could come out of it. But, uh, yeah, until the headsets become a lot easier to use. And it's not easy to navigate in that thing either. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty savvy. And even some days I'm like, 
What's going yeah, on? Yeah. I got the Ocul I got the Oculus and I gotta admit I've hardly used it. I, I I've checked out a couple sites and things like that. I knew I needed one just to just to be in touch, but God, I just it's it's the getting it on. I like wasn't that. excited. Yeah, I wasn't really excited yeah. about it to be honest with you. Well, the glasses, just glasses, that would be more like AR, wouldn't it? If I'm saying that if correct, and it well, did, haven't I, haven't I heard Apple's working on some things like that? I think everybody was working on. Remember sure. Google Glass? That was AR. You know, oh, that um, was that was, was a joke, <laughs> right? But that's when a layer of 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 uh, the thing that you're seeing is layered on top of the real world. So that's what mm-hmm. augmented reality is. Yeah. Um, would it be? I, it doesn't. Not necessarily. Maybe mm-hmm. there are a pair of sunglasses that completely envelop your eyes and block mm-hmm. them out, and it would be the same. You would just have to be able to run a processor in such a small thing. Which I mean, we're doing it with cell phones. Eventually, I think we'd be able to do something like that. Yeah, you just have um, an app. Yeah, you just have an app, and you right. and you do it on your phone. That would be the likely thing, right? Well, that's the thing. Is the problem with the Samsung uh, was mm. it was run on the phone, and the phone is very limiting in mm. itself as well. Yeah. Um, I don't have the answer. I'm not a hardware manufacturer. I wish mm. I'd, I was. I'd, I could do a lot of stuff, but that's one thing I don't know. So I don't have the full answer for you. I just know that from talking to people and from my own personal experience mm-hmm. that we're, we're the headset a little bit more user-friendly, a little less cumbersome um, then eliminating that barrier to entry would, it would allow for the VR industry to take off a little bit more because yeah. right now, you know, I have a pair of computer glasses that sit by my desk. So every time I edit, I just whack them on. And I, and then sometimes I walk around and I forget that I even have them on. Hmm. Um, whereas my headset is a thing where I got to go in the bed or go in the case, unzip it, take it out, make hmm. sure it's charged. There's like all these steps, right? Yep. But once I'm in there, I'm, I'm good. Once I'm in there, I'm good. It's the getting, it's like getting to the gym when, <laughs> when you're starting to work out. And I know some people <sighs> can relate to that. Yes. That'd be size. Once you're there, you're, you're glad you went. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I've been getting up at getting five. Sh- I've been getting up at five in the morning to walk the beach. So Ugh, I know. I just started. Yeah, started back because uh, I was like, you know, things might be open. I am soon. We better get our button gear. But mm-hmm. uh, but those first couple, and I've, it's been about a month or two since I've started. But mm-hmm. that those first couple days was like, hard. oh, trying to get your shoes on. It was just yeah. trying to wake up. A lot of psyching. Yeah, it was trying really trying to wake up for me. One morning, I was like, I got a, such a good night's sleep. I was like, right. oh, fuck it. I'm going back to bed. Anyway, uh, it's like the bed's calling you. They, they, I, I've seen this in movies and cartoons and stuff before, and it's so true. The bed's calling you, Bruce, Bruce, come here. I'm so comfortable. Come, right. come. You don't well, want to go anywhere. Anyway. Okay, so it's the same thing with it's the same thing with porn though. Like if yeah. you just want to get off really quick, just open your phone, right? But then yeah. you're gonna have to put this whole thing on your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, yep. it's like going to work out. Yep. <laughs> so so being one of the first, what advice would you give to producers and companies who want to start filming in VR? I mean, you can you kind of poo-pooed the idea a little while ago and said how hard it is, but if you if someone was starting today, how can they be successful? Number one, a lot of research. A lot of research. Watch content. Yeah. Watch a ton of it. Figure out what equipment you need and then get that equipment or mm-hmm. get something better. Um, I am a huge advocate of people always trying to push to be better, always trying to innovate. 
Um, you know, I'm not poo-pooing it. It's just, it's just not easy. Right. It's not easy. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, what I've noticed about this particular industry is it's very easy to make money with sex. Um, if you've got even like a cell phone, you can, you can do it. You can make a decent living, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that kind of thinking comes into play with people coming into the VR space mm-hmm. and they don't realize how technically challenging it is and how it is a different medium in terms of you're shooting straight POV. So for those who do do POV content mm-hmm. shooting, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, it is very POV. The person watching is always an active participant in the scene. Um, and then it requires a very sophisticated use of equipment because you need to make this feel as real as possible. And if you're shooting in 1080, that's not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. You need a super high frame rate and the highest resolution that your headset can handle in order to make this feel as real as possible. And then because of that, right. you need to make sure your lighting is adequate. Your uh, settings are adequate. Your model is great mm-hmm. that he or she or, or, or them can, they can, speak with confidence in a into a robot to a to camera hmm. um so there's all these little pieces but if you are ready to do it i mean by all means go for it a lot of the a lot of producers myself included very open to chatting and sharing ideas and talking and helping each other it's such a wonderful small community where right. we legitimately share ideas and struggles and frustrations and we're all using similar equipment and we all talk to each other, which is very much not like it was in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, it was like every man for himself. And now we're on a chat together. It's great. Sure. Um, and we're all helping each other out. So I love that. And that's something that I always wanted for this industry. So I think it's going to make that sector of the industry even stronger. But sure. um, so, you know, there's that. Um, but, you know, just know that it is a heavy investment in terms of equipment. And it is a heavy investment in terms of research. And it is an ever-changing, rapidly changing uh segment of the industry so for example my regular camera which is not a vr camera i've had around forever the vr camera that i have is currently almost obsolete and i just literally got it like last year not even a year ago so yeah you can sell you can sell it to one of the new people (laughs) right but then that's why they then that's why it doesn't go well for them right so i can't exactly so that's where we're at it's i'm not discouraging anybody i'm just being realistic you know you just got to be ready to enter the race and realize that you're going to need a new new horse every three months. <laughs> eh, scary. When you come in, I know. Scary. But uh, it's the price of innovation. Really Indeed. Is. So a lot of sites have been heavily impacted greatly by the clip sites, the fan platforms. And with performers able to be their own distributor, bypassing the production houses and sites. Now, do you find that doing VR gives you an edge over companies shooting only traditional content? One thousand percent. One thousand percent. VR is is very hard to shoot at home hmm. by yourself. And there is a demand for it. Um, so there are performers who... Eh, you know what? I'm just... Okay, as I'm talking, I'm, I'm kind of changing my... It's a bit of a double-edged sword, and I'll tell you why. VR is is is... I will always have a job in production if I want to, if I continue in the, in the VR Mm -hmm. realm, which I will. Um, But then there, here's the rub is uh, being a VR performer is not easy. It's very demanding physically, mentally. Uh, It's a long, it's a long day. Um, 
it's a hard it's a hard shoot um even when it's easy it's still much more difficult than the easiest regular shoot um and so we have there are some performers who are just like yeah heck heck no we're good we're out um we don't want to do it so it's it's both i will never be out of a job but i'm also very limited in terms of my choice like my choice isn't just wide open um and, i mean you could say that about any sector of production but definitely there are some uh, top performers who are just like i'm no i'm, I'm a no on vr it's too difficult it's too challenging hmm. um yeah it's 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 intense it's intense and it's not an easy job and it requires a very special performer to be able to <laughs> to, to use their leg strength for the <laughs> entire shoot command everything by themselves and that yet still create a feeling of intimacy mm. with a camera and yeah, just the stunt. stunt good it's acting. not easy. That's good. Oh, it's acting. hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and some really... of my best, my best ladies that I've worked with um, are excellent actual actresses who mm. have, you know, worked. So I'd love to see someone like, um, um, oh my God, I can't believe her name is escaping me right now. The beautiful redhead from Deeper. <laughs> can't <laughs> oh, think right the, now. The contract, uh, it'll come to me a little bit, uh, a little bit later. I can't believe. See, it's my old age. You'll, scre- in you'll scream it in your, you'll scream it in your sleep. Oh, don't, don't talk to me about age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got maladies that are older than you. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you think about that for a while. Um, so Maitland Ward, Maitland Ward. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We've been in contact lately about an interview. Yes. She would be a wonderful VR performer, I think. Hmm. She would be amazing. So that's who I was trying to think of. She'd be good, a good interview, too. I hope she uh, she gets back to me. I Any- hope she does. <laughs> so you've been in this business for a while, like I have. Uh, right. It seems that government bodies and corporations are coming after the adult industry more than they ever have. Now, how is that impacting your business, and what do you see happening going forward? Uh, so far, it hasn't really impacted me in terms of on the production side, but on the member side. So working with Samantha, for example, and mm-hmm. then, you know, as I'm starting my relationship with Kelly, mm-hmm. um, it definitely is impacting there. We have to be very, very careful with everything. I've always been ex- extremely super diligent uh, with our paperwork and all of our practices when I was with uh, Hollow Girls mm-hmm. and so on. But uh, even more so, it's very limiting and it's very limiting, especially when it comes to the payouts. And of course, you're always living under this sort of... Um, the shadow or this cloud of fear that at any time MasterCard or or whoever will just close your account and then your SOL. Right. And it's a very, very real thing. Um, We've seen it happen many, many times. I mean, even with social media accounts, we've seen it happen numerous times. And so there is no security. The only thing to me that is the correct response to that. And perhaps this segues into the NFTs and crypto is to accept crypto payments. I'm a huge advocate of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself accept it mm-hmm. on behalf of the company uh, in lieu of traditional payment uh, for anything. And it has been perhaps the most lucrative uh, method of collecting money um, that I have encountered so far. Mm-hmm. I may be seeing a different tune a year from now, but as it stands <laughs> right today, I, I mean, I'm realistic as well. Like right. Things change, you know? So, but as of today, um, I've accepted a few contracts uh, in crypto, and it has proven to be far more lucrative where 
I was paid out an initial amount of money. I properly called, you know, staked it, mm-hmm. staking, and ended up with far more money right. uh, than I originally started with uh, mere months later. So um, it's it's been a good move for me. Um, and I really, really highly advise everybody in the adult industry, if you're not familiar with it, to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. It can be an extremely effective method of payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it's handled correctly, once it's in your possession, you could benefit from it. potentially. Sure. Becomes a good investment. <laughs> if it keeps it going is. up, of course. Um, now. Like, oh, well, there's some. Let me interrupt you there. It's yeah. not, we don't necessarily have to accept Bitcoin or Ethereum. You couldn't get a staple coin, yeah. which is USDT or C, right. which doesn't really fluctuate yes. Um, yes. because it's very one-to-one to the dollar. Mm-hmm. But but the interest and the return on it, you can get far outweighs locking it up in a traditional bank. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so well, that's, make that's what in I'm a bank. Talking, <laughs> Right, yeah. exactly. So um, it's, it's extremely lucrative if you're, if you're, once again, getting back to anything tech, you've got to constantly be reading, constantly oh, yeah. be curious, and constantly researching. Yep. So. No, I agree. So let's roll into that. You and you're involved in uh, NFTs, which is mm-hmm. something that fascinates me, and I know very little about. Uh, I was having a conversation with a mutual friend yesterday about it. We talked about before we. Uh, we turned on the recorder. So tell me more about NFTs and how it's going for you. Well, I think people think of NFTs as some really huge, crazy, hard to understand anomaly that is floating around with other terms like Doge and Bitcoin and what you know, whatever. And it really isn't. It's quite a very simple concept. Um you know, and I'm not going to get into. I mean, you you know what I mean. Do you do you, do you, do you know what NFTs are, or are you still not sure? I have a basic understanding of them. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, the the most basic level of the way I explain it to to performers, especially who come come to me and say, "What what is this NFT thing? And should I get involved?" Is it? It's just basically a code that is put on to an asset that you create mm-hmm. online. So it could be a piece of art, it could be a photo, it could be a piece of music. And what is it embedded in that determines what holding the asset will give you. That's what I try and explain to people. And and mm-hmm. I think that I think there's some people who came in and just like, you know, kind of herald this thing as the second coming and it's cool and it's a really cool way. Uh, not me. I am not saying this, that I do this, but I have heard. It's a really great way to launder money. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. For legal purposes, I do not participate in anything like that. But I've heard, you know, rumors has it that that's what it is. Um, You know, and they come in and they just say, oh, this is a great thing. And then they can't really explain it. It's just literally a way of tracking things. It's a way of tracking Mm. the path of something Mm. as it changes hands and what those hands will receive when they get the Mm. thing that it is that they bought. That's Mm. literally what it is. It's very simple when you think about it. Um, And because of that, I think that the, I think everyone should be involved in it, especially in our industry, Mm. in any entertainment industry. Like you want royalties? Well, here's how you do it. You know, you want to be able to control where your content goes Mm. and, 
who sees it yeah. and and how it operates and what they get when they see it, then this is the way to do it. Hmm. Right now, it's like, oh, there's all these people hyping it up using big words. They don't fully understand what it is. And <laughs> I think that scares some people away. I think some people thought going into it, they were going to make like a billion dollars on the first sale. But let's look at it from a like actual like use like what's the word I'm looking for? It's quite late for me. Um, but mm-hmm. let's look at it from from an actual like you know functional everyday yeah, application. Exactly. It's 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 an amazing tool. Mm. It's an amazing tool to be able to track where your stuff goes. Yeah. And so you know we're talking about all these these girls and stuff and these guys who are doing their OnlyFans and doing all their own thing. I mean, imagine you continue to create your own content, but now you track it. So, you so can, what you're telling, you know? so what you, so what you're telling me is, you could track it for piracy. Track it for piracy. You could track it for for residuals. Hmm. I mean, uh, uh, they kind of go hand in hand. If someone's pirating your content, you're losing money, right? So, yeah. But every time this content changes hands, you'll get a you'll you can see that. Sure. And you'll be able to receive the proper payment for it. Hmm. But this requires an amount of learning or becoming comfortable with something that they may not be comfortable with. And, and, and also a form of trust. I remember the first time I ever tried to send some Bitcoin somewhere. I was scared. Like yeah. it was, you know, it was, uh, it was a scary thing. Now sure. I, I trade all day long, right? Hmm. So it's like it ain't no thing anymore. But I wish less so-and-so called NFT producers would hype it up as much as they are and trying to make people believe that they're going to become overnight millionaires. Cause that's not true. Hmm. Um, I mean, like it's the same way as an agent coming up to you and saying, baby, you're going to be a star, you know, <laughs> like maybe you will, maybe you won't, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but it's the same thing with the NFTs, you know, it's, it's, but there's such amazing applications with it. Um, that I think goes can go hand in hand, especially if you're in any form of creative content producing industry, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even have to be adult. But God, why has not a, why have a, why has adult not adopted more of that kind of sector? It's just like mm-hmm. it absolutely like just yeah. floors me. Sure, sure. So, so I mean, what aspect of NFTs are you involved in? Um, so I'm involved in pretty much all aspects, but mm. majority of what I've been recruited to do or been requested uh, mm. mostly to do is to help make them. Oh, okay. Help make them um, and help to make to really, really high quality ones. Um, but mm. also a large part of why I'm being asked for that is um, I have a good reputation. Yeah. I have, uh, I have my experience in VR and VR goes really nicely hand in hand with uh, NFTs. Okay. You know, it's the same kind of audience. Uh, so the audience is well versed, and mm. so the the content that we make um, does a little bit better. Mm. Um, but also, too, I'm a huge believer in the um, and a huge advocate in yeah. terms of the, the 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 functionality of it, the the use behind it, um, the mm. reason for using it. Right. Um, and I actively live as I speak. So mm. you know, I am heavily involved in it on a personal side, um, mm. and. Um, yeah, I see the the value of it. Of course, there are things that need to be fixed with it. It's not perfect. Um, Ethereum, while I'm also an Ethereum fan, um, also makes it challenging. Hmm. Um, oh, it's so expensive. 
using you know uh, uh, that's a whole that's a whole another hour conversation <laughs> so we're gonna skip that but um but i think uh the idea behind it and the beginnings of it and once again all of these things that we've discussed tonight um i feel like everything is just the beginning of what's going to be this you know amazing way of using things later in the future where we go where did it start oh yeah you know like that that's how it started. That was the that was the beginning. And I feel like we're really, really in the beginning. And I feel that um, this pandemic, especially the time that we had locked down and all these things that came out during it. Um, and I'm talking about the innovative stuff, the stuff tech wise sure. um, has been very interesting to me. Um, I feel like it's we're, we're coming into sort of a new era of a, a, a new tech revolution, if you will. Yep. an industrial one and i'm um, very excited excited to see where things go and i hope more people will take anyone who's listening to this and has always been interested in the applications of it really start looking at it it, it is applicable to everything that everybody in this industry does hmm. um for some people it might be a negative thing yeah. <laughs> it sure. might take money away from them let's yeah. be honest but um you know but what better way to arm yourself for that inevitable inevitable reality than to read up and learn as much you can absolutely so. well, you convinced me so uh <laughs> you're also diversifying heavily into crypto including yeah. uh staking and um mining it yeah. Um, I don't even know what staking is. So you can explain. Uh, what's your take on the current <laughs> crypto market? Uh, do you see it shooting to the moon like so many others do? I just read so much BS. Um, right. wh what's your take? Well, my take is I, I don't, I mean, I hold a few of the, the long-term holds. Mm -hmm. I do have some coins that I'm holding for the long-term, just as you would hold gold or silver. I do hold that. I do believe that we have not seen the bottom of things. Um, and the reason why I believe that is because I really believe that the, what's the term when it's just like average Joe's coming in and, and investing, but there's a specific term. average. Joe's. A, yeah. But there's a specific term. Uh, I think they're called like, like commerce investors or something like that. Trump, but anyway, Trump supporters. I don't know. <laughs> the every man, the every man who's not really into finance and stuff. Uh -huh. Um, like once again, during the pandemic, had a, they had a lot of time in their hands started to get involved in it. Retail investors. That's what it is. That's the name. Retail ah. investors. And um, so I honestly believe that what we're seeing is not the bottom or I don't think things are going to tank. Like everybody says, there are definitely shit coins that come in and out uh, into play. Yeah. Into I put a bunch of money into one of those actually. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, I have a fun wallet that has some Keanu coin in it, you know, go Keanu, um, <laughs> that I bought for fun, spent all of $15 on it, you know, like, so I, I'm not, it's no Dodge you know, coin. I have, I have some, but I've been holding it for a long time. <laughs> now here's, here's my quick dose story, like really fast. So I actually have been holding it for years and then it, I made something like, I made so I was like holding like like twenty dollars worth of doge, right? And then it made something like five grand. I think it was like five or six grand. And I got so excited and I cashed out. Oh boy, Bruce, did I miss the boat on that? Because it went way the fuck up after. Yeah, that's my that's my story on Bitcoin. But anyway, but it's I I still hold a little bit. I've got a little bit, and it's just tucked away. And I've learned my lesson. 
just sure. to chill. And so I have a dedicated fun gambling one. I mean, I, I waste money on other bullshit, you know, like, sure. yeah. So I'm like, what's 15 bucks here and there. Yep. So I got that stuck away. I won't touch it till it reaches the millions. And yeah, it's just, just a pipe dream and you hope it happens and it might happen because sometimes shit happens to people sure. in, in good ways. Yeah. But um, going back to the original thing we we're talking about, uh, where I use big, um, sorry, not Bitcoin, where I use crypto is staking it and saving it, locking it. So um, staking is, is saving? Uh, staking Holding. is, okay. Oh, what? I am not, I do not have the vocabulary to condense this into a very short explanation. Right. So it, it is like saving. Mm. It is like saving, but different coins require different protocols in order to prove that they work. I'm not using the right terminology for it. Mm. And so they offer rewards. If you hold on to your coins, Mm. various. Yes. So you get paid out in what feels like interest or what is often coined as the term rewards. Mm. And so for example, uh, when with my holding of USDT, uh, which is like the U S coin, when I stake my USDT, I get back rewards, which are equivalent to what would feel like if I was putting my money in a bank and I was getting interest. However, the interest is far more, far greater than what I would get in any traditional bank. I believe. And on top of that, it's, it's, it, it, is the word compounded? So what I'm looking for? Yeah. Um, So for example, if I'm holding a hundred USDT, and I make two USDT, that's a huge high percentage, but whatever, let's say I make two USDT for holding it that day. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next day I'll make the percentage on 102 and so on and so forth. And it just like all of a sudden, six months later, you're like, whoa, I got some, I got some coins. Hmm. Um, but then there's also the risk factor that you're taking to be able to even be able to cash anything else. So I'm mm-hmm. very, I, I stick with the, the tried and true stuff. I do, like I said, have my fun wallet where I have a couple shit coins in there for fun. Um, <laughs> and still waiting. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I I have my have my long term holdings and and uh, my stuff I'm actively actively staking and saving. Mm-hmm. And um, I take my profits and I do it smart mm-hmm. and I don't don't mess and I don't just willy nilly buy something just because some influencer told me on TikTok to. Oh, <laughs> But I do see the real value in this and in so much too, you know, I accepted payment for a contract and the payment landed within 30 seconds after we agreed. Hmm. It's never happened to me before. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I read this article uh, in on, on medium. If you don't subscribe to it, I recommend that it. it's really good. And there's so many things hyping coins though. Because, right. you know, that people can, I can write an article on medium. You can write an article on medium and but this one was fantastic this guy how i made a hundred million dollars in one year uh investing in crypto and the whole thing from start to finish was total tongue-in-cheek it was all bullshit and i'll i'll see if i can find it and uh because you you'd get a kick out of it and i'm reading it and it's it's like oh yeah okay and the guy seemed believable until the end he tells you he's been lying to you the whole time so right. it, was, it was fantastic. It was just fantastic. So, but I mean, like, it's the same thing, like I was saying earlier with NFTs. Like, there's yeah. so many people that have an exceptional experience or story mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. and then that just gets blown. And then the minute that you don't have a similar experience, oh, this is shit. Yeah. You know, and then and this well, is the same thing yeah. with the earth. But I mean, this guy, this guy wasn't, <laughs> this guy wasn't talking down crypto. 
He was right. just, it was kind of a, a whole, it was a spoof on all these people that write all these articles talking about how wonderful this coin's going to be. And, and, right. and he's right. like, listen to every TikTok uh, person and, and, uh, and YouTube video. And, oh man. No. It was funny. It was, it was really, really funny. And he was talking about some of the people he gets his advice from. And he, he mentioned some of these people. Randomly, it was hilarious. The whole thing is as it goes on, you're like, huh? So, I have a hard time listening to somebody who is like 19 years old, yeah, in in a dark room with a ring light. <laughs> like I have a real hard time. You know, no offense. There's some geniuses out there that are like, yeah. wait, no, way more than me. And I've got some nephews who just turned 20. Those guys know so much about things that I don't sure, know. Sure. But I'm gonna tell you something. When it comes to my money, I'm I'm gonna read. Like big time. The company, like where it's big coming from. Big time. Big I used to time. With stocks, right? You're not going to listen to a kid. You're going to read what's up with the company, what's going on, what are they doing, how have they performed in the past, you know, yes. things like that. Make some educated guesses, but it requires an amount of effort that I think a lot uh, of people don't want to do. Makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> it well, does. Anna, always, uh, always delightful. Uh, I'd like to thank you for being our guest once again on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to part three. So do I. Next year? Hey, why not? <laughs> My broker tip today is part seven of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the agreement and escrow. So you own the website. What do you do now? The first thing you should do is make sure you understand everything about the operation of the site. The previous owner will hopefully be available for a period of time to help you with this. As I mentioned last week, you should establish what the former owner's participation will be after the sale. You'll need to deal with production of new content, processing, paying affiliates, and many other things. If you don't have experience in these matters, you may want to consider our general consulting firm, Adult Business Consulting. You can get more information on what this company does at adultbusinessconsulting.com. We help website owners project manage and guide them to the right vendors. Maybe the previous owner had all the right elements, processing, hosting, payments, production, scripts, etc., or maybe they didn't. We can help evaluate that for you. Let us know if we can help. Anyway, you'll now be operating the website. If you don't have someone like our general consulting company to help evaluate all of these items and everything else the site is spending money on and using to operate the website, make sure you're getting a good deal and that these companies are providing the right service and check to see if you can do better. Hosting is a great example on something where people are often both overpaying and not getting the right service. Many times the server is just too slow. If you have any questions about any of this, feel free to reach out to us on our website. Next week, we'll talk about how to sell a website. And next week, we'll be speaking with Mike Pinto of Smutify. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Anna Lee of 2049 Entertainment. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.